everyone. Welcome to Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship. Uh, we are very glad that you could join us today. Um, we are starting a new series on Lent, and um, so we want to make sure that you are seeing every episode, so make sure that you are subscribing, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the major podcasting platforms. Like I said, that we are just starting right now a brand new series on Lent, so that'll be running for a few seasons up until or a few episodes up until Easter. And today's episode is focusing on Ash Wednesday. So I was already planning this episode to kind of focus on some of the symbolism of Ash Wednesday and why we commemorate this within Christianity. Um, it's now doing double duty because due to the impending winter weather that we're facing here in Minnesota. Uh, we have canceled our typical Ash Wednesday service. So this podcast episode is kind of serving both as a little bit of discussion about Ash Wednesday and what it means, what the symbolism of that is, but also serving as um, a time of reflection and contemplation about Ash Wednesday that um, Pastor Shar is here to help uh officiate, commemorate, uh, whatever the word sure. is for that. Yeah. Well, so thank you for joining us, Pastor Shar. And so, yeah, so I guess the first question that I would have then is, what is Lent? Just as a, a thing, like, what is it? What, is, yeah, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, well, very practically, so Lent's a season in the Christian church. You might not mm -hmm. know that the Christian church calendar has a bunch of seasons in it um, that are different than spring, fall, winter, and summer. Mm -hmm. um, so Lent is a season, and it's a six-week season, 40-day season that starts on Ash Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Um Today, for us airing today. Today, for us airing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so Ash Wednesday starts the season of Lent, and then Easter weekend ends the season of Lent. Mm -hmm. So it's a period of time that's set aside um, to really think about and prepare ourselves for the sacrifice of Christ so that it's meaningful. By the time we get to Easter Sunday, we are, and Good Friday, by the time we get to Holy Weekend, we are, we are ready mm -hmm. for that. We've prepared ourselves. Yeah. So... And then, too, just so people know, it's actually kind of 46 days. So, like, the Sundays are kind yeah, of excluded yeah. in some mm -hmm. traditions. So, if you're looking at the calendar and wondering about that. That does not add up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's why. So, mm -hmm. um, so, that's kind of overall once what Lent is. And, again, we're starting at Ash Wednesday. What is Ash Wednesday? Why do we call it that? What's the significance of ashes? Yeah, yeah. Can I read something? Yes. All right. So I'm going to read a little bit about the history of Ash Wednesday here um, from our Covenant Book of Worship. Ash Wednesday developed as a day of penitence to mark the beginning of Lent. It emphasizes a dual encounter. We confront our own mortality and confess our sins before God within the community of faith. Ash Wednesday, as in the entire season of Lent, is a time particularly appropriate for new beginnings of the faith or of returning to the Lord. During this time, we intentionally recall our own mortality and wait upon the Lord for the renewing of the Spirit. This is a time for putting aside the sins and failures of the past in the light of who we are yet to become by the grace of God. We are to be prepared by the Spirit so that our participation in the meaning of our Christian faith may be authentic and a true dying and rising to Christ with the new, to a new life in God. So ashes are both a sign of mortality, ashes mm -hmm. to ashes, dust to dust, um, and they're also a symbol of purification and cleansing. Mm -hmm. So they have a dual focus also. Okay. Yeah. And so part of the Lent season two that starts with Ash Wednesday is building towards, uh, like you said, the Easter celebration. Mm -hmm. um, there's also an element of that that is building towards baptism. Yep. What's that about? Yeah. 
Um, in the early Christian church, way back when, um, they, they used this Lenten season as a time of preparation for new converts to the mm. faith. So people who've heard, heard about Jesus for the first time uh, received the good news, and then they had this period of time where they got to be discipled, mm -hmm. I guess, and prepared to receive the sacrament of baptism. So it was a time of, of teaching and living the faith in community and hearing the word of God and really understanding over a period of time what it, what it means to mm -hmm. be a follower of Christ. And is that something that we're going to be practicing here at Faith? We are. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, April 2nd, which is okay. um, uh, Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, we'll be doing baptism. So mm -hmm. for anyone, babies to 100 years old. So it's our baptism Sunday, yeah. yeah. So if anybody's interested in doing that on Sunday, should they contact you? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just contact the office to talk to Char, and uh, she will talk to you further about that. Yeah. There's a class on uh, March 5th that hopefully you've heard about on Sundays um, for parents or guardians who are interested in either baptizing or dedicating a little one. And then March 12th, there's a class, both during the Grow Hour at 9 on Sundays, um, for, for believers who are interested mm -hmm. in baptism. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. And I just want to um, also say, before we kind of move into some reflection, that... Um, the season of Lent is not something that's necessarily prescribed by the Bible. It's a tradition that was developed by the early church. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been you know, in place for a couple of thousand years now. Um, but it's a tradition to really help us to prepare to receive the message of Easter. So, um, so if you're ever wondering, like, why don't I see Ash Wednesday in the Bible or the Lenten season or Lent traditions in the Bible... Um, that's why, um, these are traditions that are kind of created to help us understand and internalize the message of scripture. So yeah. with that, we are now going to take a brief pause and then we'll move into a uh, time of reflection led by Pastor Char. Okay. Well, hi friends. Um, we're going to spend a bit of time right now doing two different things. We have a couple of movements we'll be spending some time on. The first, we'll talk about our mortality, and then we'll move to a time of confession. So uh, we'll start the mortality section with a passage from the book of Joel, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 and 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty arm comes, such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in times to come. So scholars believe that the prophet Joel lived and ministered in Judah during the reign of King Joash, and he reigned from 835 to 796 BC, a long time ago. The main theme of Joel's writing is the coming day of the Lord. He talks about that a lot. The day when the nations will be judged and Christ will return to set up his glorious kingdom. Joel emphasized the, needs for, the need for God's people to be prepared for that day. And church, here we are, over 2,800 years after these words, which were written 800 years before Christ, by the way, were written. And the message remains the same. We are still awaiting the day of the Lord, the final judgment, the return of our King, our glorious kingdom come in perfection, the new heavens and the new earth. We wait faithfully, expectantly for the fullness of time. We wait humbly, knowing that we want to be prepared to be ready. We wait differently than the people in, in Joel's time waited because we wait post-resurrection, but still we wait because the day is coming. 
If you know me, you know that I probably strive to be optimistic, to see the glass half full, to focus on the positive in others. Since I'm wired that way, it can be hard for me to sit with negative, stressful, or fear-inducing thoughts or realities, sin included. I would rather much skip through Good Friday and enjoy the celebration that comes on Easter morning. I'd rather focus on the fact that my sins are forgiven, thank you Jesus, really truly, than to dwell on them. A growing edge for me through the years has been to do just that though, to linger with things that are uncomfortable. So a quick story. Some of you might be familiar with the practice of spiritual direction, some of you might not. Um, briefly, a therapist sits with you as you look back and reconcile or make sense of or heal from events in your past, and a coach sits with you while you look forward, you look ahead to goals or dreams or new endeavors to consider in your future. A spiritual director sits with you in the present, in this moment, looking with you at what God is saying, at where he's moving, at what his invitation is to you right now. Seeing a spiritual director is the most helpful thing I've added to my life in the past decade, and it's also why I'm currently being trained to serve as a spiritual director. Well, last spring I was wrestling with something with God and my spiritual director, and she surprised me by saying this at the end of our time together. She said, Shar, you're really good at putting a positive spin on things, looking at the bright side. Today, however, we are going to end by sitting with your grief. Ugh, really? I thought... So, sit with the uncomfortable I did. And you know what? God showed up in a really powerful way that day. And he spoke to me in a deeply, deeply personal way. I treasure that conversation, those words that were spoken to me in the middle of the hard things at that time that I was given the opportunity to just sit with. And that's what we're invited to do today and throughout the next six weeks. We're invited to linger with our sin, linger with our failures, linger with our inability to reach God, to earn our salvation, to be good enough, kind enough, or strong enough. We linger so that we realize our own depravity and our own need to be saved from ourselves and from Satan's sin and death. So linger we must and linger we will, but we do not linger without hope, church. We linger so that our need sinks in deeply. We linger to remain humble, and we linger so that we can fully realize and fully receive the amazing grace that we have been given in Christ. And in our lingering, we prepare ourselves to receive the reconciliation of God, some of us for the first time, but all of us with a deep gratitude for the ministry of reconciliation offered to us once and for all in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20-6.2 says this, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So we move now to a time of confession. We confess the sin that we know is in us, and we ask God to bring to light the sin that we are un unaware of. We own our sin, and we lay it down at the feet of Jesus, trusting in his love and mercy. So I'm going to read two passages to center us as we prepare for this time. 
The first is Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, which says, You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, friends. Sit on that for a little while. Before we even confessed our sin, before we admitted anything. The second passage is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And who is our high priest? Jesus. Jesus, who was very much tempted and successfully resisted temptation. And how was he able to resist the very real temptations that he faced? By knowing and by claiming the word of God, by speaking it. Friends, God knows, he understands, and he's waiting for you to bring to the light that which needs healing, to admit to and own and seek and move from. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing that is beyond the grace of God. There's nothing that you've done or left undone, said or left unsaid, thought, ruminated on, that is beyond the scope of God's mercy, love, and grace. And besides, God knows everything anyway, and he loves you, and he died for you. God has promised forgiveness to all who truly repent, turn to Christ in faith, and are themselves forgiving. So I invite you now to spend a time of silence with us, calling to mind your sin. Let's have a time. And now, friends, I invite you to join me in an act of courage as we confess these sins, as we lay these things down at the feet of Jesus and trust him, and trust his love and his grace and his mercy. Confession is both private and public, individual and corporate. We alone as individuals sin, and we together as the body of Christ sin. To that end, please join me together as we confess. And I'll read a phrase and then invite you, wherever you're sitting, to repeat that phrase, either out loud or within your spirit. Most merciful God, we come before you today, grieving the ways this church, our denomination, our state, our nation, and your church have sinned. For the ways we have marginalized others, forgive us. For the ways we have acted preferentially, forgive us. 
for the ways we have collectively turned our backs on our brothers and sisters in need. Forgive us. For the ways we have turned a blind eye. Forgive us. For our refusal to consider the realities of others, refusing to learn from them, forgive us. For the ways in which we stubbornly refuse to grow or change, forgive us. For our self-centeredness and status quo mindsets, forgive us. Give us your eyes to see, your ears to hear, and your mind to discern. We long to live as agents of mercy to all. By the grace of God, through the love of Christ, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, confession frees us to both receive and grant the grace of God. May we live in both in the days to come. Well, thank you, Pastor Shar, for leading us through those reflections. I know for myself, I really appreciated especially what you talked about in the mortality piece of Lent is a time to really just sit with grief and pain. Like sometimes people use Christianity as an excuse to just paper over the painful things in our lives. But um, actually the Christian faith gives us a lot of space in any season Mm -hmm. to just sit with what is hurting um, and invite God into that because God is always with us in our pain. So thank you for that. Um, another thing that I want to ask about uh, briefly today is the idea of Lenten sacrifices. Um, this is something that's been really popular in a lot of church traditions, particularly the Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. which many of you are familiar with. Um, so a lot of people have grown up with the idea of, oh, I'm giving something up for yeah. Lent. Yeah. Or um, more recently, some people have said, oh, I'm going to add something for mm-hmm. Lent. So. And we might talk about this a little bit more in a future episode too, but uh, what, what is this Lenten sacrifice idea about? Yeah, yeah. Well, as you mentioned, it's, um, it is known in the Catholic Church. Everybody, mm-hmm. most people, many people know that Catholics don't eat meat on Fridays. That's mm-hmm. kind of, I went to a Catholic high school and I definitely saw that the kids in my, in my school that were Catholic, they would all get eat fish on Fridays and the cafeteria served fish on Fridays and mm-hmm. no other meat. So, yep. <laughs> um, so that's where it, a lot of that comes from. And the meaning behind it is that you, because Christ sacrificed for us, mm-hmm. we sacrifice something. So we, we put ourselves in a position to understand this much mm-hmm. of what sacrifice means. Yeah. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, now I would say a lot of high school students just didn't really think about it. They just ate fish on Fridays and yeah. you know, that was the extent of the sacrifice, but at least it's a habit and it's a practice that mm-hmm. they can look, look back on mm-hmm. as they get older. But that's expanded. A lot of people now, um, people give up all kinds of things, chocolate, caffeine, alcohol, social media, um, social media, certain TV shows, mm-hmm. lots of different things. People yeah. will, will sacrifice something. And the, the goal is that when you find yourself wanting to do that thing that you've sacrificed then you pause and you pray mm-hmm. so you put your focus on god then when you're like oh i really want to die a coke or i really yeah. need a cup of coffee then you pause and you realize how small your sacrifice is compared mm-hmm. to the one that christ gave yeah and so conversely too there's also been a movement in some churches of instead of sacrificing something maybe there's something i can also 
or maybe not instead of, but in addition to a yeah. sacrifice, maybe there's a practice that I want to add. So um, some churches yeah. or some people will choose to give more of their financial resources towards earthquake relief or something like that. Um, other people will add in new or expanded practices of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, what have you seen with that in some cases? Um, people, a lot of people will journal during Lent, mm. um, or they'll, if they don't have a habit of a quiet time, they'll institute one for, like, I can do anything for 40 days or 46 days. Yeah. I can do anything for this amount of time, and then hopefully a habit builds. Yeah. So starting a quiet time or expanding on a quiet time or doing something a little different. Um, if you typically read books like this, reading something of a little different bent to give mm -hmm. you a different, broader picture of God or the church or the kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, or a journaling practice I mentioned, um, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways. And again, as we said earlier, these aren't things that are prescribed by the Bible, like you have to do these things. These are just practices that help us to better internalize the message of scripture yeah. and better internalize the messages of what does our sin mean to then prepare us for the message of what does Easter mean? What does the resurrection mean? Mm -hmm. um, Another thing that I just want to make note of is that um, in our church services and on Sundays, we've been recently encouraging our church members to buy the book, um, Pray the Word for Your Church. Yeah, it, yeah. Pray the Word for Your Church, or yep. is it just Pray the Word? Pray the Word for Your Church, I yeah. think, yeah. So Pray the Word for Your Church, um, and we're that just has a series of prayers um, for 31 days that we are encouraging our, our people to yeah. engage in. So it's something we're going to be doing collectively. Um, we've sold out all of the books that we have, um, that we bought. Um, for our people, but if you want to buy one on Amazon or on your Kindle or whatever device that you have, um, you're welcome to do so and join us in that. Even if you're attending a different church, um, great. You know, pray your word over your church too. It's um, this is a great thing to do for any church. So if you're thinking of adding a practice of prayer, um, that's one way that uh, you could go about doing that. So. Yeah. We're going to be having uh, more episodes about Lent that get deeper into some of the traditions, um, things you can do with your family, what are the symbolisms of various aspects of things. So um, I'm hoping that you will stay tuned and join us for those. Any last thoughts that you have about Ash Wednesday or Lent as a whole? No, I really, I look forward to hearing from your story. Share, share with us, share mm -hmm. online or share with us in person on a Sunday or when you see us about what God's doing in and through what you're doing in Lent. Um, we're always open to new new ideas. We don't yes. want to get stuck in a rut either. So let us know what you're doing and what's been really helpful and fruitful for you. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today, Pastor Shar, And thank you for watching or listening. And we hope that you're staying safe through this winter storm. And I hope that you have a very blessed day. Thank you.